The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Inside five seconds, final play, Wade airing things out, incomplete. That'll be it. The streak, the drought, it's over. Iowa and this senior class, they get the bowl victory. For Kirk Ferentz, his seventh bowl win, 27 to 20 over Boston College. And with that victory, 143 career wins as the head coach at Iowa, tying the great hate front. Last time this team will ever be together. Iowa, 27, BC, 20. Hello and welcome into Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin, at Tyler Chumlin on Twitter, at Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter. Final edition of Quick Hits for the 2017 season. We're going to showcase the 7-5 Iowa Hawkeyes versus the 7-5 Boston College Eagles out of the ACC. Yankee Stadium, New York City. Cold. Frigid cold. When Hawkeye fans think about bowl games, typically the thoughts surround ideas of beaches, sunshine, warm weather, enjoying yourself, going on vacation. Not so much this year. Temperatures for the Pinstripe Bowl were frigid. The ground was frozen. Conditions less than ideal. Hawkeyes able to overcome, prevail in the football game, though 27 to 20 on the final edition of Quick Hits for the season. We're going to take a deep dive into what transpired in the game. Hear from Kirk Ferentz, Akram Wadley, Lee Josie Joe, all sorts of players, as well as recap what the 2017 Iowa Hawkeye football season was. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. Had a good time doing Quick Hits this year. It was a lot of fun. Let's make this one the best one of the season. First quarter, Boston College begins with the football from its own 11-yard line after a nice kick coverage by Iowa to open the game. The Eagles get a first down, but on first and 10 from the 22, Jake Gervas snags an interception of Darius Wade, returns at 29 yards down to the Boston College 6. Hawkeyes, great shape to start. The offense can't really get much going, though. Possession results in a 24-yard field goal attempt by Miguel Racinos. He makes it. Iowa takes the lead 3-0 just over two minutes into the contest. Pretty good start. Start every bowl game with a turnover, you're going to do okay. Boston College gets the ball back. Seven plays, 32 yards. They're forced to punt. Iowa starts the next drive at its own eight-yard line. Five plays, only 23 yards, including one first down from Stanley to Hawkinson for nine. That's all Iowa can muster. They end up punting. Boston College takes control at its own 38-yard line with six minutes left in the first quarter. Eagles rely heavily on stud freshman running back A.J. Dillon. He has eight carries on a 14-play drive, including the four-yarder for the touchdown from Dillon. Eagles on top seven to three after the PAT is good. 14 plays, 62 yards, 557 time elapsed. Iowa gets the ball back at the first as the first period expires on a 72-yard kickoff return burst by Akram Wiley to the Boston College 16-yard line. Huge return for Wadley. They slid him back into the kick return coverage for the first time since the Iowa State game. After the game, here's the senior talking about the big kick return and being put back in that position to return kicks. Um, you know, um, slippery fell, but you know, um, I had some really good blockers, so um, you know, it's easy to run behind guys that you know that they, they, they want to block for you and they, they really believe that you can make a big play. When, when Amir got hurt, did you volunteer to go back on kickoff so that it come to you? Or uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, we always go back there and um, practice. You know, and um, next man in, you know, Amir, he, he went down. So Coach Woods, you know, he believed in me. Had, uh, appreciate Coach Woods. First and ten, Hawks knocking on the door. Wadley gets four on the ground this time, second and six. Stanley sacked by Merritt for a loss of 12 yards, but Merritt gets dinged with unsportsmanlike conduct, gives Iowa new life, and a first down back at the Boston College 12. On first down, Wadley gets four again this time on the ground. Then on second and six, Stanley finds Noah Fant. Eight-yard touchdown, Fant runs into the right corner of the 
end zone. Hawkeyes on top, 10 to 7. Four plays later after Iowa has the big kickoff return from Wadley. Here's Fant after the game on what he saw in his touchdown. Yeah, so um, we just had a play where I slid out of the backfield. Um, Nate hit me, and you know they they weren't able to able to catch up and cover it. So um, ended up working out well though. So Hawks go 16 yards and 147. Punch counter punch though, and the frigid conditions at Yankee Stadium. Boston College goes 69 yards on only seven plays, capped off by a big 39-yard touchdown pass from Darius Wade to Tommy Sweeney. Switches the lead once again. Eagles up 14 to 10. Iowa gets the ball back at their own 35 this time. James Butler gets involved this time with a couple of solid first down runs, but on third and th- 13 at the Boston College 46, Stanley looking for Matt Vandenberg cannot convert. Iowa comes out on fourth down in offensive formation. Stanley pooch punts it down at the Boston College four yard line. Terrific coverage by Iowa to down the ball inside the five. Boston College takes over. Poor field position. Doesn't hinder them though. They move the football on the legs of A.J. Dillon big time. He goes for five. Then he goes for four. Then he goes for 66 yards down into Iowa territory to the Iowa 21 yard line. Hawkeyes stiffen up on defense though. They only allow a 30 yard field goal by Lichtenberg on fourth and one from the 12th. 17 to 10. Boston College just over a minute left in the half. Iowa goes three and out. Boston College takes over at the Iowa 42 after a miserable punt of 20 yards by Rastetter. Here Iowa's thinking, you know, maybe Boston College is going to be able to score. The defense hold two seconds remaining. Boston College attempts a 36-yard field goal, but it's no good. Halftime score, 17 to 10. Boston College on top. Rocky first start, Rocky first half start for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Not a lot doing on offense. They're able to get some points on the board. They uh, capitalized on the turnover to start the game, and then Wildly had that giant kickoff return, but other than that, not a whole lot doing on offense. They need to get the offense going in the second half if they want to win this football game. Iowa starts the second half with the ball. A prompt three and out, not what they wanted to see. Boston College matches the three and out, though, for one for themselves. Hawkeyes take over at their own 42. Wadley goes for four. Then he goes for six, moves the chains. Wadley goes for three. On third and seven, after a pass for no gain on second down, Stanley hits Nick Easley on a beautifully spun ball and catch for 13 yards. Another first down at the BC 13. Wadley goes for eight this time. Then on the very next play, Wadley gets five more scampers into the end zone for the score. Iowa swings it back to a tie ball game at 17 after the made PAT. BC goes three and out. Iowa goes three and out. BC gets the ball back. They go six plays, only get 18 yards. They have to punt again. Hawkeyes take over at their own 25 with 110 left in the third. James Butler this time. He goes for five yards. Stanley looking for Hawkinson on second down. Pass interference on the incompletion. Gives Iowa the first down. The sticks move. Butler goes for one yard as the clock reads zero as we head into the fourth quarter tie ball game 17 to 17 it's cold both teams clawing scratching to get the advantage overall miserable game both teams are struggling guys are slipping and falling all over the field nobody can make cuts and is in fear of injuring themselves it's close though it's going to come down to toughness these pinstripe bowls are weird man it, it's cold it's frigid it's winter you know, there's <laughs> there's a weird airy feel of the game and both these teams it, it kind of makes sense you know for these two teams to play in this football game both of them kind of pro style offenses run first pass later to you know run to set up the pass and then tough hard fought defenses which team can get the advantage 17 to 17 into the fourth quarter Iowa continues with the ball at its own 46 on second nine Butler runs for one yard Stanley finds Wadley for 17 yards out of the backfield on a completion first down into Boston College territory Wadley runs for seven yards this time then he goes for 10 a loss of one on the very next carry and two Stanley incompletions sets up fourth and 11 from the BC 20 Miguel Racinos comes in sails through the 38 yard 
starter for Iowa to go on top 20-17. to Field goal kicking was phenomenal for Iowa. Miguel Racino's had a terrific day. Kicking, terrific day. Kicking field goals, kickoffs, everything was very good for Racino's. Iowa goes 10 plays, 55 yards for the field goal. They lead 20-17. to Boston College, as I mentioned earlier, punch, counter, punch. They match on the field goal, 55 yards of their own on seven plays, 24-yarder, good by Lichtenberg, 20 all, just over eight minutes to play. Iowa gets the ball back, an ugly three and out, two rushes for losses, a bad delay of game penalty. Boston College gets the ball back, back near midfield this time. Third and eight, Anthony Nelson, he gets in the backfield, gets to Darius Wade, forces a huge fumble, recovered by Parker Hesse, late turnovers, win bowl games. Iowa with the huge late turnover, they take over at the BC 45. After the game, Anthony Nelson on forcing the big turnover in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was just, I mean, just like any other play, trying to get off the ball and uh, get a good rush. And really, it was tough uh, out there just to get like footing, and everybody was kind of struggling with that. So it was just kind of a how figuring out ways you can move fast by staying on your feet at the same time. And uh, it just worked out that uh, I was able to get the edge on that uh, play. Anthony Nelson has turned into one heck of a football player for this Hawkeye team. Going forward, he's going to be an integral part of where that defense goes next year. Here's Kirk Ferentz after the game talking about the turning point turnover by Nelson in this one. Yeah, you know, in a game like this, uh, you just never know. We, we were having a hard time coming up with anything uh, to, to, you know, slow them down at all in the first half. So it was a, a pivotal moment. There were a lot of pivotal moments in this ballgame, but uh, certainly to get the stop, not only get a stop in that point, but a turnover. Uh, we were hoping they were due. You know, they, they've done a great job. They're very disciplined, very well coached. So to get the turnover there, that really uh, gave us a spark. And, you know, when you're in a game like this, you know, sparks are huge. So and it, it's uh, not a shock that Anthony, that that's one thing. You know, he's got a really good first step, and he's, he's given us some sparks during the, uh, during the last two years. Hawkeyes with the ball. First down, Wadley carries it 27 yards down to the 18-yard line. Iowa knocking on the door, trying to take the lead. Stanley completes the pass for 17, sets up a first and goal at the one-yard line. Fullback dive. Senior fullback Drake Kulik up the gut for the touchdown. Iowa on top, 27-20 to after the made PAT. Kulik celebrates with the home run celebration at Yankee Stadium. Jacks the bomb as he's standing in the end zone. Cool celebration for Iowa. Here's Kulik after the game on what ended up being the game-winning touchdown, 27 to 20. Yeah, not surreal. It was a really cool moment, um, but it was something that I knew that if my number was called, I was going to get it done. Um, and I'm glad that Coach Brian had the had the faith in, in me to uh, put it in my hands. Um, but it, it was just a really cool moment. Um, obviously, I wasn't going to reach the ball across the goal line because it was on first down. So I, I certainly wasn't going to jeopardize maybe putting the ball on the ground. Um, but I saw that my eyes crossed the goal line and then my chest crossed the goal line, and so I knew I was in. As I mentioned, the Kulik touchdown was the game winner. Boston College gets down to their own 44, but a pass is tipped, ends up right in the hands of, you guessed it, Josh Jackson, his eighth pick of the year. That's an Iowa record, most picks in a season. Josh Jackson with the big interception. Here's Kirk Ferentz after the game talking about Josh Jackson and the big pick in the at the waning moments of this football game. Well, you know, the best part about, first of all, at the end, it was really good because, you know, not that the game was over at that point, but it uh, took them out of a scoring threat and gave us a chance to eat some clock. So, you know, that, that was obviously really good. I think the neatest thing about what Josh has done this year, and, and our local folks uh, understand this, you know, he's a first-year starter. We had a guy named Brad Banks, ended up being the AP Player of the Year, runner-up to the Heisman back in 02. Started one year of major college football, 2002, and uh, what a phenomenal year he had, what a leadership role he played. And Josh is very similar. You know, he went from being a guy who had started a ball game, or he started one technically uh, last year's bowl game. 
to, you know, not only being a really good player this year, he got voted as a captain, as a junior. Uh, I think it just shows you, you know, the respect that he has from everybody involved. Yeah, and like a lot of the great players that we've had historically, and we've, I've been very fortunate, we've had a lot of guys in our program that, you know, we have up in a pretty hell place. They're better guys than their players. And Josh, I, that's exactly what I tell you. I have a tremendous attitude, uh, just a great work ethic, always upbeat. You know, he's the kind of guy you want in front of the room, you want in front of your other players. And, and he wasn't that way three years ago. He had a good attitude, but he had a lot of loose uh, loose ends. But boy, is he just, he's matured, just done such a great job as a result of his hard work. Uh, you know, and the way he came that way to us, uh, you know, great family. So he's just a tremendous young man. Just fun to watch him, you know, things come together for him through his hard work. Iowa does get the ball back just a little bit over a minute left in the game. They need to try to get a first down. They cannot convert a first down. They obviously play very conservative, very tight to the vest. That's Kirk Ferentz. Boston College, they can't get a first down. They can't get a first down. They can't get anything moving at all. The game ends on a big incomplete pass by Wade. The Iowa Hawkeyes defeat Boston College to become the 2017 Pinstripe Bowl champions. I don't know if anybody really preseason would have said, yeah, Pinstripe Bowl, that's what we want. But after the way the season transpired, Pinstripe Bowl champions, that's a good win for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They get the Five-year bull win, drought monkey off their back, victorious in the postseason once again. Kirk Ferentz, he's won a lot of these bowl games. He's won seven of them. This game was up and down. This game was wild. This game was crazy. You look at what they had to do with the weather and the conditions of the field and how hard it was and frozen, and it was miserable at times. Kirk Ferentz recognized that after the game. He talked a lot about how this game was a lot like their season, a lot of up and downs. Here's the head hawk, Kirk Ferentz, after the football game in which Iowa defeats Boston College 27-20. to And I think the game, in a lot of ways, is reflective of our season. We've had some ups and downs this year, uh, some turbulence along the way, that type of thing. But uh, the guys pushed through it, and that, that certainly is what happened today. And uh, the first half, uh, Boston College did a really good job against us. Uh, we didn't play our best, and uh, it's not a good good mix. But uh, just uh, couldn't be prouder of our team in the second half. They came out, thought they played tough, gritty football, and certainly we were playing in tough conditions. Uh, this is just uh, you know it was a real challenge for both teams uh, with the weather, certainly the field, and uh, you know it's just uh, December. January football. It's, it's, uh, it's always going to be a challenge. So for our team to uh, come out the way they did in the second half and pu- push through it, to me it was a breakthrough moment for us and just really happy for our team, very proud of our team, uh, especially proud of our seniors, leadership that they've given us not only this uh, past month, but this past uh, past couple of years. They've done a great, great job. And This is Quick Hits around Hawkeyes, Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. We're going to go ahead and take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into all the stats. We're going to talk about all the stats from this football game, team stats, individual stats, as well as the season team stats, individual stats, and then we'll get into some good player audio. We're going to hear from all sorts of players, especially the MVP of the of the Pinstripe Bowl, Akram Wadley, hometown kid from New Jersey, grew up 35 minutes away from where this game was played at. We're going to hear from him. We're going to hear from all sorts of other players. As we go into this break, we're going to hear from the aforementioned Wadley about finally getting a bowl win. Iowa hasn't had one since 2010. It's It's been a long time coming. They've lost five straight going into this football game. They're victorious in this one. So here's a senior running back, Akram Wildly, and then we're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be back with quick hits here on Hawkeyes. Mike. It's, 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 you know, it's just everything, you know, everything we talk about, and we finally got a bowl. You know, I, I, you know, I can now I can start training, you know, positive note and, and good momentum. We got we got all we got our uh, bowl victory after what, four or five, you know, I'm just happy. Stanley rolling right, the connection, touchdown, Iowa, Nate After further review, it was determined that the run was down. Inbounds at the half yard line. It will be a first down. So they'll take the points off. But this, as a result, could favor Iowa with 3.30 to go. They'll see if they can punch it in. And they do. 
and it's Drake Kulik, the senior. This was more really for Butler because when the big boy didn't get in the end zone, Kulik, Butler comes behind him and shoves him in there, which you can do now. I mentioned before Kulik saying, we don't want to be the class that lost five bowl games, and he has the chance to, to end that streak and pick up a W as he scores the go-ahead touchdown with 3.09 left in this game. Hawkeyes Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. Do you want to learn more about kicking and punting? It's hard to find quality training for place kicking and punting, especially with a coach who will give you full attention and who cares about your growth as a person as well as a kicker. That's why Kaluzi Kicking is here. Kaluzi Kicking strives to bring out the very best in every student athlete by utilizing hands-on training, video analysis, and athlete marketing. Kaluzi Kicking is a family-oriented company and believes in working hard to help achieve your goals. The Kaluzi Kicking team will provide you the resources you need to perfect every aspect of the kicking game as you aspire to play at the next level. You can find out more information at kaluzikicking.com. Or you can email us, info at kaluzikicking.com. Second and 11, Wade, just too high, he's picked off. Game's over. And it's Josh Jackson, Mr. Interception. And Josh Jackson, in about a minute 18, he'll have an opportunity at some point to make a decision whether or not he's going to stay at Iowa or go pro. He's just that good. Eighth interception, guys, and now he leads the FBS. What a play to finish this ball game. Welcome back to Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin, at Tyler Chumlin on Twitter, at Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter. The Hawkeyes victorious in the 2017 pinstripe bowl over boston college 27 to 20 your mvp of the football game akram wadley we're going to hear a lot from wadley hear from kirk ferentz talking about wadley as well as get into stats from wadley here coming up in a little bit but before we do that let's go into the team stats total yards for iowa only 299 through the air 101 on the ground boston college with 383 yards 208 through the air 175 on the ground but the big big stat in this football game's turnovers iowa did not have any turnovers boston college three two picks and one fumble that's a big one time of possession boston college 32 35 to iowa's 27 25 first downs boston college 16 iowa 13 third down efficiency not good for iowa two of 11 pretty decent for boston college eight of 17 iowa did not convert a fourth down they did not try one boston college one of two individual stats. Let's go ahead and get into it. Start with the Eagles, Boston College, Darius Wade, the quarterback, 16-27, to had a touchdown, two picks, 208 yards on the day. Boston College rushing, A.J. Dillon, he did have a pretty successful day. This kid could be a Heisman winner. I'm not kidding. He's one of the best running backs coming back into college football next year. If Boston College has success, it's going to be on the legs of A.J. Dillon, and this kid is built like an NFL star. He's big. He's fast. He can do it all. Look for this kid going forward to be a name, household name as we continue into this college football 
foot into his college football career and beyond. Dylan, 32 carries, 157 yards and a touchdown. John Hellman, he had four for 16. Thad Smith had two for eight. Jeff Smith had one for one. And Darius Wade was credited with four carries for negative seven yards. Boston College receiving Tommy Sweeney led the way with seven catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. Kobe White had two for 27. Charlie Callanan had three for 20. Jeff Smith had two for 18. John Hillman had one for five. And Travis Levy, he had one for one. On top over to the black and gold side of things, Nathan Stanley didn't really have to do much. Wasn't asked to do a ton in this football game. Did enough. Found the end zone once. Was able to manage the game to a victory. 8 of 15, 99 yards and one touchdown. The star of the day though, Akram Wildly rushing. 22 carries, 88 yards on the ground and one touchdown. But he was integral in the special teams play with his kickoff returning. He was instrumental in his receiving of the football. He had a terrific, terrific day. Let's go ahead and hear from Kirk Ferentz on Akram Wadley and his importance and what it means. And I mean, this kid was the MVP and he was well deserving of the MVP in this football game. Here's Kirk Ferentz after the football game talking about his star senior running back. Well, Akram's always been a great guy to work with, great attitude, great personality. You know, he loves football, but you know, he had uh, some loose edges to, or loose ends to uh, early part of his career. <laughs> to me, as you know, in the 15th season at Northwestern, that's really where I think he uh, realized, you know, just how important it is when you carry the football, you carry everybody with you. And uh, since that time, it's just his career's uh, really, you know, propelled uh, upwards. So just happy for him, for him to be home like this and do it in front of so many family and friends. That, that's even better. So I'm uh, just really happy for him. And, and I wish him and all of our seniors nothing but the best move forward. They're, they're all going to do a great job. At times, Akram Wadley can be kind of short with his responses, and he is on this next clip I'm going to play, but I think this sums it up very, very well. I'm going to play it, and then I'm going to dissect it. Here's Akram Wadley after the MVP performance against Boston College in the pinstripe. That's what you work hard for. You know, you just, you just throughout the course of the game, like, you, you make a big play, you just like, man, I, I did that in practice. You know, you're feeling all the hard work you put in is starting to pay off, and it's just like, you know, the feeling is priceless. Feels like hard work is paying off. No doubt. This kid has grinded over this last year. Thousand yard rusher for the second season in a row. He's been able to split carries with a couple different backs this year. Iowa's got some great running backs coming back. Torrin Young could be a very good back. But James Butler comes in here. Akron Wadley takes it in stride. This is a kid four years ago, three years ago. If you would have told me that this was going to be where he's at when his career is complete, I would have said no way. He struggled with fumbles. He didn't seem to have what it took to be in every day, every down back and he he is man he is very talented very athletic he's going to get a legit shot at the next level and this is hard work paying off it's great to see from Akram Wadley. While we're on the topic of Wadley, I'll get I'll continue into stats here in a minute. It was really cool seeing him go over to New York City. He grew up in New Jersey. He has all sorts of family members. He was going around the team trying to get people to give him tickets because he wanted extra tickets. He ended up with 40 some odd tickets for friends and family and he felt it. You could tell after the game in his emotion and how he felt about it. He cared a lot about this football game. He cared a lot about this team, a lot about this university, a lot about these players, a lot about what he meant to this program and he's going to be one of these guys that you're going to look back if Iowa has the kind of success that Iowa fans think they might be able to in the next few years. He's a pillar. He is part of that foundation. Him, Josie Jewell, Sean Welsh, all these guys are big, big Josh Jackson, all big parts of the foundation that Iowa is trying to lay right now. And here's Wadley after the game on that family support side of things. And and it's pretty cool seeing him go back home basically and show out, man. He had a great game. Here's Wadley on family support after the the pinstripe bowl. You know, it's all love. And um, I have a big fan 
family, you know, a really big family, and um, it's just all love, and, I, and I'm really proud. I'm really proud they all came out and showed me some love. 22 carries, 88 yards for Wildly, a touchdown. Get into his receiving stats in a minute. James Butler had 10 carries for 32 yards. Good to see James Butler get involved in this bowl game. Another guy that's going to that's going to um, he's going to graduate. He's going to retire his college football cleats. He, we're going to see where Butler ends up, but um, next year Iowa's going to have to turn over everything at running back. Should be interesting. The big one though, Iowa touchdown. Drake Kulik, one carry, one yard. Fullback love. I love seeing that. Iowa receiving Nick Easley, one catch, 32 yards. It was a big one though. Akram Wildly, two catches, 24 yards on the day. Nate Whiting, he had a catch for 17 yards. Matt Vanderbrook had a catch for nine. Hawkinson had one for nine. Fant had two, eight total yards. One of those was the big touchdown for Fant. Fumbles. Parker Hesse was able to recover a fumble. Iowa didn't have any fumbles or interceptions on the day, which really was the the big big difference maker, if you ask me, in my opinion. Defensively, Amani Hooker had a great day for Iowa. 12 total tackles, eight of them were solos. Josie Jewell, of course, leading the way right there with 11 tackles. Five of those were solo tackles as well. Iowa's really going to miss Josie Jewell. Nathan Budgeta, he had nine tackles. Jake Gervas had a great game. Eight total tackles. Four of those were solo. He had a tackle for loss and an interception. Matt Hankins had seven tackles. Bo Bauer had seven tackles. One of those was a solo tackle. Anthony Nelson, he had a terrific day. Six total tackles. Two of those were solo tackles. One and a half sack. He had a couple quarterback hurries as well. Matt Nelson had five tackles. Parker Hesse had four tackles. Two of those were solo. He had half a sack as well as a fumble recovery. Ben Neiman had four tackles. Cedric Lattimore had three tackles. Brady Ross had two tackles. Sam Brinks had two tackles. Brady Reef had two tackles. Josh Jackson had a tackle. It was a solo tackle and he had a pick. Michael Ojemudia, he had a tackle. Nick Neiman had a tackle. Miguel Racinos had a tackle on the day. Imani Jones, Geno Stone, and Tyler Wiegers were all involved as well in the in the football game. Iowa's two interceptions, one by Javas, one by Jackson. And then uh, the big one for Wiley in this football game was kick returns. Five kick returns, 171 yards. That's a 34.2 average. The long one was a 72-yarder. That's a big deal for Iowa, and that's one of the big reasons that they won this football game was field position. They were able to get some points off of that big kick return in the first half when really the offense was struggling. They really couldn't get much going. Okay, now that we've gone through statistics for the team and for the individuals, let's go ahead and talk about the bowl win importance. What I'm going to do is I'm going to queue up a couple clips here and I'm going to play them. And it's going to be just individual players talking about the bowl, por- bowl importance winning bowl games. First, let's start with the touchdown guy, Drake Kulik, the fullback, senior fullback, Drake Kulik. Here's Kulik on how important this bowl win is. Yeah, it's really important. Um, obviously, we didn't want to finish our careers on a low note and having never won a bowl game. So it's, it was really uh, positive to be able to finish our, our careers here on a win and uh, put this program in, in the right direction, continue this program in the right direction. Let's go from Drake Kulik to Josie Jewell. Here's Jewell on the importance of winning this bowl game. Yeah, I mean, every season, you know, you start off with your goals, and your goals definitely, you know, they start at the beginning, start the first game, you want to win that game, and you want to win the rest of them. Um, but really, you know, we uh, we looked at that back end of the, you know, the, of the season, and we really wanted to get a bowl victory, but you had to win those first ones to be able to get to there. Um, so, you know, that's just been a goal, you know, ever since we got here. Kulik to Jewell to Josh Jackson. Here's Josh Jackson on the importance. I mean, a lot, you know, it's really, um, like, were you guys using the word desperation going into this thing? Because I don't know if I was using the word. Um, I think I skirted around it, though. And um, I was interested to hear that Akram Wadley used that word after the game. And he said, basically, yeah, we were desperate to win. Here's Wadley. Coach, Coach Brian, yo, before the game, you know, he talked about being desperate to win. And, I, and I, that stuck with me, you know. Every time I wanted to touch the ball, I wanted to be real desperate. Putting a bow on this one, it was a grind. 27-20. to 20. Conditions were awful. Both these teams trying to grind 
grind, a lot of ch- a lot of chippy play, a lot of chirping on the field. One of my favorite clips from Kirk Ferentz this season is the next one I'm going to play, and then we're going to put a big bow on this season and talk about stuff going forward. I love this quote from Ferentz. I'm just going to play it, let it sit. It's basically Kirk Ferentz being asked about on the grind, trying to grind through this football game, the ups and ups and downs, and trying to come back after a tough first half. Here's Kirk Ferentz on grinding through the pinstripe bowl. You know, um, I, I was never a very good player, but one thing I have a lot of experience at is getting my ass kicked. Okay, so I've, I've been through that several times professionally. And, and uh, what you learn is you just go back and, and go back to work. So uh, whether it's a game we lost or whatever, you got, you got to turn the page and, and focus on what's in front of you. And I think that's what our team did at halftime. Uh, you know, we were, we were not playing our best football, and they were playing very well. Uh, but it was a one-score game at that point. We had the ball. We had a chance to get right back in it. But, but clearly, we had to, you know, change our tempo and demeanor a little bit. And I think uh, our guys just made up their minds to do that. And that's the good thing about, you know, sports, about life. You know, as long as you're alive, you get to, to fight another day. And, you know, fortunately, our guys made up their minds to be a little, a little bit more determined in that second half. Iowa victorious in the pinstripe bowl over Boston College 27-20. to That puts a bow on the season for Iowa. Eight and five. Successful season. They won a bowl game. They lost some games they probably could have won. They lost to a pretty good Northwestern team on a in a game that was a miserable miserable game to be at. Trust me. Um, but you know they're that close against Northwestern. They laid an egg against Michigan State. They were that close against Michigan State, though. They lost to Purdue. If you look at the losses Iowa has, other than the Wisconsin game, I don't really think it was that bad. You look back at some of the teams that they were able to beat this season. They beat Iowa State, who was victorious in that Liberty Bowl against a good Memphis team. They slaughtered Ohio State. They went to Lincoln against a bad Nebraska team, but still they showed out in that football game. Iowa going forward is very, very interesting. Whether this year was successful or not, I think it is. I think eight wins with a, with a brand new starting quarterback, shuffling on the offensive line with the injuries that they've had, everything that was working against them, and everything that worked for them. I mean, look at guys like Josh Jackson working for this Hawkeye football team. No one knew Josh Jackson's name three months ago. You can't tell me that you thought Josh Jackson was going to have this kind of season because there's no way you did. There's no way. The guy started the bowl game last year. That's his only start he's ever had in college. And he might very well be the best cornerback, the best defensive back in all of college football this year. I would make an argument that he is. Kid could be a first-round draft pick. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, whether he decides to go pro or decides to come back, um, which that that's going to be a large contributing factor as to what success Iowa can have in the next year. Eight and five, though, is it successful? It's a conversation that we've had a lot over the tenure of Kirk Ferentz, and he's had a very good career. He, he tied Hayden Fry for the most wins ever in Iowa football um, with 143 in the Prince, Pinstripe Bowl. That's great to see when they get when they beat, you know, directional school, whatever that they play first game of the year next year. He'll more than likely eclipse that. And I mean, the, the guy's going to have a statue built of him in Iowa City or have some very, very large complex named after him. And he deserves it. There's no question about that. But eight and five. Is that a successful season? In the past five seasons, Iowa's tied with Penn State for the fourth most wins in the Big Ten overall. Ohio State has 60, Wisconsin has 54, Michigan State has 49, Iowa, Penn State each, each have 43. Michigan's right there. I'm recording this before Michigan plays in their bowl game against South Carolina. All the other Big Ten teams have, re- have won their bowl games. They're having a great year, 7-0. But Iowa tied for fourth most wins in the Big Ten overall in the past five seasons. That's pretty solid, if you ask me. But is 8-5 and five successful? Is that where Iowa fans want to be? I'm not sure. Let's go ahead and get into 
total season statistics for the Iowa Hawkeyes real quick here because I think Iowa had some very, very good seasons um, for a lot of players. I think Nate Stanley is a guy to look at as having a very, very good season. 188 completions, 336 attempts. It's a 56% completion margin, 25 touchdowns, only six picks. That's a great year. Akinwale, 230 carries for 1,021 rushing yards, nine touchdowns for Wadley, 26 catches for 329 yards and three touchdowns in the air. That's solid. James Butler hit 81 attempts for 364 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Toron Young had 45 carries for two touchdowns and 193 yards. And then Ivory Kelly Martin had 20 carries for 185 yards and three touchdowns. Those are the guys I was bringing back. Toron Young and Ivory Kelly Martin. Receiving Iowa, you know, I don't know where they're going to be at. Stanley's got great prospects going forward. Amir Smith-Marset did not play in the bowl game. He had eight catches on the year for 187 yards and two touchdowns. That's a pretty solid number for Smith-Marset. Nick Easley's going to be a guy they're going to have to look at. He had 50 catches, four touchdowns, and 498 yards. That's a good season. Tight end Noah Fant, he's the guy that Iowa fans are really excited about. 28 catches, 10 touchdowns, 486 yards. Fant could be one of the best tight ends Iowa's ever had. TJ Hawkinson, 23 catches, three touchdowns, and 311 yards. Matt Vandenberg, 27 catches, 375 yards, two touchdowns. Vandenberg will come back next season, or excuse me, Vandenberg will graduate next season. All the other guys do come back. Defensively, they're going to miss this guy. They're going to miss Josie Jewell, 121 total tackles, four and a half sacks, two picks, had 11 passes defended, had a fumble recovery, had a forced fumble. Guy did everything this season. 64 solo tackles of his 121 total tackles. Guy's going to be playing on Sundays. Bo Bauer, he had 83 tackles. Ben Neiman, he had 73 tackles. All those guys are seniors. They're graduating in all of them. Jake Gervas had 50 tackles. He had two interceptions on the season. Josh Jackson, where's he going to end up being? He had 47 total tackles, eight interceptions. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see where Jackson ends up. Miles Taylor had 47 tackles. Monty Hooker had 44 tackles. Budgeta had uh, 42 tackles. Parker Hesse had 39 tackles. This Iowa team had some pretty good success on defense. Budgeta had three sacks. Parker Hesse had three and a half sacks. Regumba had 36 total tackles before he was out early in the season. Anthony Nelson had 35 total tackles with six sacks. That's a pretty good number for him. Michael Ojemudia had 28 tackles. Matt Nelson had 18 tackles. Uh, two of those were for loss. One of those was a sack. These are guys that are coming back. These are guys that I was going to look at going forward. AJ Epineza had 15 tackles, four and a half sacks on the season. We'll see how much more he gets involved next season. Cedric Lattimore, a guy you're going to see, 12 total tackles, one and a half sacks. Brady Reef, he had a sack, 11 total tackles. And there's a whole list of other guys that had a few tackles on the season. All in all, Iowa had success sometimes and they struggled at times. It just kind of depends on where you look and what you think that success is. And as of right now, I'm just not really sure where they go. So let's talk about what the next couple seasons could bring. A big, big storyline in this offseason is going to be guys going pro. Is James Daniels and Josh Jackson going to go pro? Are they going to declare? If they both declare, Iowa could be in a tough spot. Josh Jackson, obviously, with all the interceptions, he had a terrific season. You know, all Big Ten was a finalist for the Thorpe Award. Josh Jackson is what he is. James Daniels, though, he went to the draft uh, advisory committee. They gave him a very favorable rating. They said, yeah, this kid could probably go and this kid could probably get drafted in the first or second round. Right now, he projects as a, as a late first, early second round pick if he decides to declare. That's a huge, huge deal going into next season. I think Nate Stanley could be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten next year. I really do. I, I like him. He's built like an NFL type of quarterback. I mean, the guy's 6'5", and he's all a 6'5". He's got a great arm. He throws a great ball. He's got great awareness. He's getting better in that regard. Um, that was the big gripe that I had with C.J. Beathard was his awareness and his inability to put himself in a position where he wasn't going to get sacked on the blind side. I think Stanley does a better job of that. We haven't seen as much. Part of that's because he's been able to he's been able to find 
find receivers quicker, I think, than Beathard was able to because of the talent at receiver. Beathard didn't have a Noah Fant as of now. I mean, he did, but he didn't have him like like he is now. He didn't have a Nick Easley. Uh, Nick Easley really, really came on this year. Um, even TJ Hawkinson really showed up this year. Beathard didn't have that last year. Stanley's had it. Now he gets two more full years, um, barring anything unforeseen, in this offense. I think Stanley can have one heck of a career at Iowa. I think he can be one of the best quarterbacks Iowa's ever had, and they can have some very good success with him behind under center. Going into next year, you lose, you lose all your linebackers. That's going to be tough. But you shuffle guys in there. They've had some guys show up. They've had some guys play. Uh, the defensive line returns a lot. Anthony Nelson, Matt Nelson. We'll see where Epineza falls into that whole thing. Uh, and the secondary is going to be fluid. You lose Jackson. Let's say he declares to go pro, then you got to shuffle some guys, guys around. This year, they were without Brandon Snyder for the most part. He did play, but then he was suspended and, and you know that whole thing. They've got some good prospects, but the guys are young. Guys are inexperienced. We'll end up seeing where they end up, but you know, going into next year, expectations are a little shaky, in my opinion. Good quarterback, terrific possibly offensive line coming back. Good receiving core with a good tight end and fan. Defensive line is going to be very good. Linebackers are going to overturn, and then the secondary is going to overturn, and then special teams will kind of fall in where it does. You just never know where, where that's going to end up with kicking and punting and everything else in returns. They can find guys there, so I don't want to dive too much into that. It's not the point of this show. We'll continue to talk about that as we go through the postseason, through the offseason into preseason next year here on Hawkeyes Mike with Jack, John, myself. Uh, thanks again for Scott Docterman, Steve Batterson for joining us again with Line of Ten and Quad City Times. It was a great year. We had a lot of fun on Hawkeyes Mike. We had, a, we had a great time. Hard to believe we're doing this for over 10 years. This was the 11th year of Hawkeyes Mike. Really appreciate you guys. Continue to interact with us on Twitter at Hawkeyes Mike, at Tyler Chum and myself. Really, really enjoy it. Look for more coverage of wrestling, basketball, all sorts of other things coming up. Really looking forward to uh, covering the NFL draft this year with possible guys like Josh Jackson going to the draft, James Daniels going to the draft, declaring, and then you've got a whole line, a whole list of seniors that are going to go to the draft as well. You've got guys like Josie Jewell, who I think is going to be a decent, decently high pick. You've got Akram Wadley, who is an intriguing draft pick because the kid is very, very similar to a lot of good playmakers in the NFL. So should be a lot of fun. I really appreciate all you guys listening to Quick Hits. We had a great season. It was a lot of fun. We'll continue to do it. We'll be back next year right here on Hawkeyes Mike doing Quick Hits. As I mentioned, follow along with all of our other stuff. We've got great stuff, great new things coming up, basketball, wrestling, football next year. Look forward to it. Credit to ESPN for clips used in this program. Appreciate it. Thank you. This has been the final edition of Quick Hits here on Hawkeyes Mike. Iowa 27, Boston College 20, Iowa victors in the 2017 Pinstripe Bowl. That's going to do it for Quick Hits. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. Have a terrific offseason. We'll see you next time. This is Hawkeyes Mike. And broadcast school has really paid off. Are you looking for a new, rewarding career with great benefits? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides great career opportunities with wages starting at $20 an hour, including benefits. Give TNK a call today at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663 to begin your roofing career today. $20 per hour starting wage, including benefits. You can't beat that. Give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free 1-800-383-7663. 383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing, a proud union company and member of Built by Pros in Eastern Iowa. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC.